0: Welcome to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett McGarry. It's October, so that means spooky movie season is here. We've got a big one this week with five decades of legacy behind it. Plus,
1: I'm Jeff Braun. We'll take a look at how Ahsoka and Only Murders in the Building did now that their seasons are over. Plus, and early next week, a Canadian icon is coming to
0: prime. So, as mentioned, spooky season is here. We have a new entry into something that started 50 years ago. On December 26th, 1973, The Exorcist was released in theaters and changed movies forever. Several Exorcist films have followed, and now we have a new chapter with The Exorcist Believer.
1: Those girls went. They brought something back with them. The body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Body in the blood. Body in the blood. Catherine.
0: Body in the blood. The body in the
1: blood. The body and the, the, the blood. Catherine. The body and the blood. Catherine. The body and the blood. <laughs>
0: Well, that's not creepy or upsetting at all. This news story focuses on two girls, Angela and Catherine, who disappear in the woods, return three days later with no memory of what happened. And soon, the father of one of these girls realizes there's something evil going on and he needs help. Have you ever seen anything like this? On no! me? No, but there are people out there who have. Have some experience with possession? Yes, more than I'd like. So he recruits Chris McNeil, Ellen Burstyn, reprising her role as the mother of Reagan from the first movie. Originally supposed to open Friday the 13th, but... That Taylor Swift movie is opening that day, so they bumped The Exorcist up to this week. Bloomhouse executive producer Jason Bloom says, "Quote: The one thing that scares me to death is Taylor Swift. Unfortunately, this movie is getting lousy reviews, sitting around 22 on Rotten Tomatoes."
1: Don't be scared.
0: We've met before. <laughs> Are you
1: looking for
0: ah! You know, when I saw the trailer for this, I got excited. I thought, oh, maybe, maybe this will be good. It looks pretty good. 22%. That's, and it's, that's kind of the legacy of these movies. Like the first one, of course, is a masterpiece. But then a few years later, they released Exorcist 2, The Heretic, which I, I believe got terrible reviews and might have even been like an unofficial sort of sequel. The Exorcist 3 came out in 1990 and that was actually really good. And then in 2004 and 2005 there were two prequels made. There was Exorcist The Beginning and then Dominion prequel to The Exorcist. So they're like different stories, are different, but starring the same guy, Stellan Skarsgård, is in it, and now we have The Exorcist Believer, and uh, it just seems like maybe it's time to put this to bed.
1: Yeah, uh, it's weird with horror movies, because sometimes you get the runs pardon the phrasing um, where you get like a Friday the 13th where they all kind of suck but let's do 10 of them anyways yeah. same with Saw same with Friday or Nightmare on Elm Street or whatever but then when you get like a real good movie like The Exorcist or like Psycho or like Jaws even and then the sequels just like suck like, like sequels have never sucked before like <laughs> Jaws 4 is by far one of the worst movies of all time you know but Jaws 1 is one of the best movies of all time and The Exorcist and Psycho on some of these other really good initial offerings and then just have the worst sequels. It's so weird.
0: Yeah, yeah, so that's too bad, but I'm sure it'll it'll do just fine, at least for its first weekend, because people who want to watch scary movies are going to watch the
1: scary movies. But let's move from the big screen to the small screen. Yeah, one of the more popular MCU shows has returned to Disney Plus at Season 2 of Loki.
0: Enough! I am a god, you dull creature! Stop trying to be a hero, you're a villain and you're good at it. Always have been, always will be. We have one shot at this! Whatever we do, we're playing God.
1: What could we have done differently? Loki Season 2, streaming October 5th, only on Disney+. It's been just over two years since Season 1 of Loki, and now every Thursday for the next six weeks, we'll get a fresh episode where Loki, played as always by Tom Hiddleston and Mobius M. Mobius, played by Owen Wilson, will have time travel adventures in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't really recall anything from Season 1, so hopefully they do some previously on Loki bits at the beginning of these episodes, because I already feel lost. Loki, the character at least, has been one of the most fun characters in the MCU, so so i am looking forward to it but everything marvel related has been so hit or miss the last few years it's hard to get really excited mostly because nothing really seems to be going anywhere and i don't know that season 2 of loki's going to change that i'm also kind of done with the multiverse stuff and divergent timelines and all that and this show will have a lot of it i'm sure uh, you know when they just use time travel to undo things it can really feel like well what's the point of any of this if they can just Erase it all via time travel or an alternate universe or something to reset it. So it's hard to know how much we will enjoy Loki. I am cautiously optimistic, though. I think the character can be fun enough uh, to overcome any potential irritants in the storytelling. And at this point, Loki, the character, comes with a lot of nostalgia for the early days of the MCU, which is a good thing because it used to be so much fun, of course. But I feel like we get our hopes up every time and then come away disappointed. Even with Secret Invasion this past summer, it was pretty good, but we were expecting better, I think it's safe to say. She-Hulk didn't really do it. I did like Miss Marvel quite a bit. Moon Knight was good, but very weird. And before that was Hawkeye, which I thought was really good, but that's too years ago now so we went into all these shows wondering if this will get the mcu back on track and i think we've learned not to even ask that question anymore eventually something will i think get it back on track but i don't know that it'll be season two of loki that said if it's just some lighthearted fun i think that'll be enough
0: yeah looking at uh, rotten tomatoes right now the first season was 92 percent season two 84 percent the consensus loki's dizzying dazzling second season may rely on sleight of hand to distract from its slightly less satisfying storyline, but the end result still contains enough of that old Marvel magic to entertain. That was a season of television that I always meant to rewatch because yeah. there's so much going on. Yeah. And uh, they, 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 cause they brought us into something brand new in the MCU, which was the whole time, Variants, variant stuff, and that's just like okay. We've we've just started learning about the multiverse, and now we got to learn about time as well and how it all plays in. But it was a visually really nifty show. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, She Hulk looked looked awful. Loki, I thought looked great. So looking forward to enjoying some of that. And I too share your your doubts on Marvel in general. Who knows what is going to set them because of the Marvels is not going that comes out next month that's not going to be the movie to get well, no, back on track well no there's
1: so much preloaded hatred towards Brie Larson going into it that there's it couldn't if it wanted to yeah. even if it was the best movie they ever made it just uh, a lot of people will refuse to see that
0: i also want to put this on your radar because on Tuesday October 10th something really special is coming to Prime Video oh here you are well that was pretty good timing you're here and we're here He was just seminal to so many people. Authentic and kind. Teach you something and make you feel good. Something very soothing, something very calming.
1: Fundamental in developing me into the human being that I am today. You ask anybody in Canada, they know who he is.
0: It's hard to imagine anyone having had a bigger influence on my life. It's, uh, it's Mr. Dress Up, The Magic of Make Believe, a documentary exploring the Canadian child entertainer legend. Ernie never forgot a child within him, and that informs everything that he does with children. When you tell people that Fred Rogers and Ernie Coombs came to Canada together, most people don't even realize that they were very close friends. The tagline sums it up perfectly: kindness, creativity, inclusivity, and a touch of magic makes the world a brighter place. And I don't want to speak for you, Jeff, but my childhood was spent with a lot of time with both Mister Dress Up and Mister Rogers. And just even saying Mister Dress
1: Up makes me all goosebumpy and emotional. Yeah, I watched a lot of Mister Dress Up too. My grandpa actually fought him outside a bar in the 1970s. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um. <laughs> He's got a mean uppercut. <laughs> no, I loved Mr. Dressup. It was, and Casey and Finnegan and uh, the, with the clock that was an owl, right? Yeah. The to woo and everything else and the tickle trunk. Is that what he called it? Yeah. Or was it, okay. I remember more Mr. Dressup than I do Loki season one. <laughs> I don't know if that's uh, a testament to a child's brain just absorbing absolutely everything around it or what, but yeah, no, Mr. Dressup was uh, the man when I was a kid for sure. So can't wait to watch that, and hopefully we'll have
0: a review for you next week. But up next, we've been just doing our preview stuff, and now we must review a couple of shows that wrapped up on Disney Plus this week. Did they hold up? Did they meet the hype? Details next. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett, he's Jeff We are the Couch Potatoes Heads up, maybe some minor spoilers ahead Because we must review the season Or is it series finale Of Ahsoka Over the years I've made my share of difficult choices No matter what happens next Trust in the force Rain hellfire upon them
1: The battle's not over yet.
0: Ahsoka, all episodes now streaming only on Disney Plus. The 8-episode Star Wars series ended its first season on Tuesday on Disney Plus with Rosario Dawson playing Ahsoka Tano, the former Jedi apprentice of Anakin Skywalker. The season, in short, is about Tano trying to hunt down Grand Admiral Thrawn and stop him before he can return and start another war and resurrect the Empire. And at the same time, she hopes to find an old friend. The series has significant ties to both the Clone Wars and Rebels cartoons, but hopefully was enjoyable even for those who haven't seen the cartoons. I have seen those. Jeff Braun, you have not.
1: Nope. What would you think overall? I thought it was a good show, and it maybe felt the most like Star Wars. I'm not sure if that's something the show was doing, or maybe I've just gotten used to the way these shows go. So it really felt like a Star Wars thing to me. Uh, There's a lot of fun stuff. Thankfully, a lot of new stuff and characters and corners of the Star Wars universe that we've never visited before. I think they did a really good job, given that some of the audience, like me, did not know who any of these characters were, while some of the audience, like you, did. I think they probably did a good mix of bringing us up to speed on what. What we needed to know but not holding our hands so much that people who already knew the history of these people would have got bored by it. Uh, That said, some of them weren't terribly interesting. Sabine, I thought, was okay. The big blue man, Thrawn, not nearly as threatening as I was anticipating. They did a good job building it up, and I thought, ooh, this guy's going to be a badass. But uh, he was a blue guy, sure, but I didn't find him particularly scary or anything. They also built up a lot uh, on the character Ezra, and we first met him. I found him kind of underwhelming. I was all, are we sure Ezra is good? Couldn't they have found someone better than Ezra? (laughs) that's good and that's the last time I'll do that joke until next season Um, (laughs) but after he started doing Jedi stuff I actually thought okay Ezra's alright he's a little more interesting the witch lady bad guy I thought was pretty good but I think the best bad guys in the season were uh, Balin, Skull, and Shin Uh, I guess I'll have to recast Balin, Skull as Ray Stevenson has since passed away if they do another season, and I like that they had a couple of crossover characters, but not like uh, you know, not like Chewbacca running through or something. Uh, Mon Mothma and Captain tiva I, I feel like they've been popping up in all these Star Wars shows, and uh, actually, I like how that ties everything together, just in a very small way. It just tethers the shows together, which is cool. Uh, and I thought it looked pretty good. It maybe doesn't look as good as a Star Wars movie, but I wasn't watching it and thinking that the effects were bad or cheap, or that they were, you know, had a really significant downgrade for a tv show compared to a movie i thought it was it looked pretty good i think they're getting better at that and we got a lot of lightsaber fighting which is always fun so i was i had a good time watching ahsoka this year
0: yeah i really very much enjoyed that and i do indeed hope they recast that character Balin as ray stevenson was fantastic and there might be an urge to do some sort of a deep fake but i think they would just be better to To recast him, he was excellent in this series, and um, yeah, there was some there was some some trickery, some some goofery on social media this week about whether or not it's the series or season finale. Because Star Wars, I believe it was Star Wars, tweeted out, "Make sure you tune in for the series finale of Ahsoka," and then they deleted it and reposted with season finale. So I don't know if that was a a stunt or if it was a mistake. (laughs) And uh, someone else pointed out as well, like when the show was announced or whatever, it was described as a scripted series, whereas Obi-Wan Kenobi was described as a limited series. Hmm. So I think the plan is hopefully to do a second season, and it seems like something that has to happen because there are a lot of threads that remain dangling, and I don't see... Like the plan is ultimately for the Filoni-verse, the Mando-verse, the Mandalorian... And uh, the Ahsoka show and maybe Boba Fett will all come together for this movie that's coming out. scheduled for 2026, but all the stuff they left hanging here, they can't resolve that in just the movie. And I hope they don't end up trying to use the Mandalorian as this backdoor to resolve it. I'd love to see another season of this, but we probably it's like they're just talking about it. So they would have to write it and produce it. And then all of the visual effects, which looks fantastic in this show. Uh, Marvel really needs to take some notes from Star Wars, I think. But uh, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't see that until 2025 minimum, the second season of Ahsoka.
1: Oh, absolutely the earliest, because we're almost already at 24. So yeah, that's uh, that's the thing with these, is it's hard for them to pivot quickly on anything, even if, like, especially to something like the fan reaction to season one or whatever. So yeah, I, I, I hope they know what they're doing.
0: I, I overall enjoyed this show a lot I didn't love it and I didn't love the finale but I really enjoyed it overall I just thought it was a solid series it took a little while for the show to get going and it often felt like the it often felt like the show's creator Dave Filoni was messing with us just for his own amusement by throwing in these red herrings. Like, there was that mystery character, I think the name was Merrick in the first or second episode, the Inquisitor, who turned out to be nobody. Everybody was speculating, could it be this person? Could it be that person? I think it's this person and here's why I'm right and you're wrong, and turned out to be nobody. So what was the point of making that character cool for nothing?
1: He was the Snoke of uh, Ahsoka.
0: (laughs) But yeah, Ahsoka, I thought, was excellent and I can't can't wait to see more star wars from dave filoni up next how was season three of only murders in the building jeff has the answer coming up you are listening
1: to the couch potatoes welcome back to the couch potatoes i'm jeff he's brett and one of my favorite shows only murders in the building wrapped up its third season this week as well is this really happening again You know, who are we without a homicide? One of the best shows on television is back. So are you in? Yeah. With a surprise you never saw coming.
0: (gasps) Oh my God, it's me. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, it's me, isn't it?
1: Only Murders in the Building.
0: Shall we begin?
1: Sight! So sight! Only on Hulu. Except in Canada, where it's only on Disney+. Only Murders in the Building is the murder mystery comedy starring Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. And once again, the two crime podcasters found themselves deeply involved in a murder investigation. This time, while the murder technically took place in The Building, which is their lavish New York City apartment block, the story was really centered around a Broadway theater and a fledgling play, written and directed by Martin Short and uh, that co-starred Steve Martin. The star of the play was Paul Rudd. He's the one who gets killed on opening night. And there was a bevy of suspects, basically everyone involved in the play, cast, crew, a documentarian, Rudd's brother, and so on. And there were a lot of twists and turns over the course of the 10 episodes before the killer was finally revealed this past Tuesday. And it was pretty effective storytelling. Hard to make a good TV show, period. But throwing the extra wrench of making it a good mystery story as well probably makes it even harder. I thought they did a good job of kind of getting a clue and then seeing if it fit with the different potential suspects each episode and then kind of moving on. And now since we sort of know the structures of, you know, this kind of storytelling, it was always the kind of thing where, you know, when they get excited that Debbie or whoever might be the killer, in Episode 2. We know that's almost certainly not the case since there's still eight more episodes to go. But despite some of those kind of limitations of the form, I thought they delivered a lot of entertaining TV. Helps to have the comedy when they have to stick to some of those rules as well. The theater was an excellent backdrop for a murder mystery. There's just a lot of different sorts of characters, a lot of jealousy and infighting and all that good stuff. Uh, And you can make an old theater really spooky or eerie when you need to. They stepped it up in the guest star department as well. The aforementioned Rudd, who despite dying in the first episode, of course, was throughout. The, he was there throughout the season in flashbacks and that sort of thing. And he's always a great addition to any cast, as is Meryl Streep, because she's Meryl Streep, enough said. Michael Cyril Crichton, who plays a guy named Howard, another resident of the building, was bumped up to co-star this season. And he's actually become one of my favorite that guys to the point where I actually learned his name. And so he's graduated from that guy to character actor Michael Cyril Crichton. And I'm just now realizing he probably had to put the Cyril in his stage name because of the Michael Crichton um, <laughs> What are you going to do if your name is Michael Crichton? Got to add that middle name if you want to stand out from the author. Uh, I, I think um, this might have actually been my favorite of the three seasons of the show. I like that they kind of stripped it down or made it more straightforward in that everything was tied to the murder story. There was character development, but it was all done through the lens of that bigger story where previous seasons they would have a storyline like Martin Short's relationship with his son that might have had merit. It was a good storyline, but it wasn't connected to the bigger story at all. And I would often wish that they'd get back to the mystery. History. and it also felt like they actually had 10 episodes worth of story to tell. It didn't feel like there was a bunch of bloat or filler, that sort of stuff that we often associate especially with Netflix shows. And Martin Short continues to shine. Everyone is good, but uh Martin Short stands above the rest in this, I think. Good stuff all around. Can't wait for the next season. Uh it has been renewed by Hulu for a four-season and they had a great teaser at the end of season 3 for the in the final moments uh, setting up the next season, so it should be a good one. And then I sort of hope that four will be the end because honestly it's already stretching credulity to have these characters you know be this close to four different murders at this point and as much as I'm gushing over it I did guess the killer before it was revealed so while it was well plotted it wasn't really mind blowing or anything but it's a, it's a fun watch it's a pretty easy watch you don't have to you know pay you gotta pay attention but you don't have to take a bunch of notes or anything to follow along with this murder mystery so overall another great season for only murders in the building one of my favorites on tv right now every time you talk about
0: this i think i gotta watch that and then every time i turn on disney plus it's specifically to watch something new from marvel or something new from star wars Wars. like i tuned into ahsoka every tuesday night like at 8 p.m on the dot because we're in the central uh cdt central daylight time zone so it's eight o'clock for us when they drop that and uh then I forget about the murders, <laughs> and it's not like there. I have a shortage of things to watch. I yeah, have like yeah. fifty things I need to watch, and I'll never Always. get to all of it. Yep. But I do have to put that one on the list, especially with two legends like Steve Martin and Martin Short. Now, uh, none of another one of you. So that show came to an end, but another one of your favorites. Has come back
1: Yeah, and it's not just uh, Loki Season 2 that's back this week A hilarious show about pirates returns to Crave this weekend It's Our Flag Means Death Hello, Edward
0: Hi What, you two know each other? Shipmates Former Gentlemen The end of Piracy
1: Something's wrong Feels like a storm's coming The entire escape relies on this. We've only got one shot. Nope, I can't do it.
0: I've never even seen one of these.
1: Our flag means death is on Crave in Canada. It's an HBO Max or just Max show in the U.S. Season 1 came out in the spring of 2022, and now it's back. It's set on the high seas of the Caribbean in the early 1800s at a time known as the Golden Age of Piracy, and it's loosely based on a true story. There was a Barbadian nobleman who wanted to be a pirate and became one, but because he was raised in such a hoity-toity way, it's kind of a fish-out-of-water story as he adjusts to piracy, which he does, and he becomes known as the Gentleman Pirate. His name is Steed. He's played by Reese Darby, who was a scene stealer in Flight of the Concords. This guy's just hilarious. Tycho Waititi's in it as well. He plays the pirate Blackbeard. He's also very funny, and they become good friends and were on their way to falling in love at the end of the last season. The show got a lot of praise for its LGBTQ representation. Christian Nairn, who played Hodar, Hodor on Game of Thrones, is also in it. Ewan Bremer from Train Spotting is in the show, and an actor named Matthew Mayer. He's uh, that guy, and he's a ste- in this he was also great as the main shoe designer in the uh, air jordan movie air earlier this year i like that guy a lot it's a very funny show and i'm thrilled it's back the folks over at hbo have canceled a lot of shows in the last year and i was actually kind of surprised that they brought back our flag means death um The way they're rolling it out is kind of annoying, though. Season one was 10 episodes. This season will just be eight. And this weekend, there are three episodes dropping, then two a week for a couple of weeks, and a finale on October 26th. So the whole season will be over in less than a month. Not sure what their rush is, but okay, have it your way, HBO. At least it's back. You can catch the new season of Our Flag Means Death now in Canada on Crave.
0: In a moment, I'll tell you about some of the stuff that I watched this week, new and returning shows. We'll tell you about a couple more that should be on your radar. And I revisited a couple of movies I have not seen in close to 20 years. You are listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brad. He's Jeff. We are The Couch Potatoes. couple of new and returning shows that I watched this week includes one on Prime from the world of The Boys comes Gen V. Being a hero is not about glory, it's about sacrifice. Welcome to Godolkin University. Hey! We've trained the best and brightest young heroes since 1965. Godolkin is a safe space for you to thrive. So The Boys is a pretty popular show for Prime. They've had three seasons of that, and it's a superhero satire where the heroes are as popular as any celebrity on the planet. They're influential like politicians. They're revered like gods, but a lot of them don't use their powers for good. A lot of them are just straight-up jerks. They're just corporate morons who care only about their brand. So it's also a satire of branding and how important that's become in all facets of life so while we wait for a fourth season which my understanding is they wrapped that uh production back in april so hopefully we'll see season four by next year because uh it still has it has quite a bit of visual effects that they'll have to put into this because superheroes so this gen v is about the young aspiring heroes and they're, they're at Godalkin University and they're trying to get the top rankings so they can make their way into The Seven, which is the boys' version of the Justice League or the Avengers, whatever. But there are some dark secrets at this university and the students then have to come to grips with what type of heroes they are going to become. So the first three episodes arrived on September 29th, so the... Uh, and then after that, it's going to be one episode a week, eight episodes in total. I watched the first episode. I enjoyed it. Like, I love the boys. But it's very over the top. It's super in-your-face. It can be pretty gory. It's very uh, obscene and lots of expletives. So if that's not your thing, don't watch it. And I uh, will say that the superhero satire continues, which is fantastic. But the branding satire is somehow kicked up a notch, I guess, because it's... About young people the dialogue remains whip smart it's just fantastic it's super funny and weird powers and i love how they explore silly powers in this movie because our protagonist has this kind of ridiculous power where she can she has to cut herself and then she can like shoot her blood out of her hands like as a as a weapon like a like almost like a laser beam where she can use it as a whip or a like a cane. I don't know. Um, and she's quite powerful with it, but to have to cut your hands open every time, that seems weird. But there's a, they, they had a side bar cartoon anthology called the boys presents diabolical. And the second episode in that series was about this place where all these kids with like these reject superheroes go, they've all got just insane powers. It's really funny actually. So I recommend that. But her, while her powers are weird, They're framed like a power in the world of the X-Men, the mutants, where their powers can often be a gift and a burden at the same time. So, Gen V, now uh, available on Prime with new episodes on Fridays. Over on Netflix, a fun show made its return for its third season this week, or part three, as they
1: call it. It is called Lupin. Se faire cambrioler est une expérience désagréable. Et ce afin de vous éviter les allées d'une surprise, j'ai pris la décision de vous prévenir à l'avance que je m'apprête à dérober votre
0: perle noire. So, L- Lupin is a French show about a master thief. Now, the trouble is, just like Braun, you were mentioning about Loki, that's two years ago now, yep. season one. You can't really remember. Nope. Part one of Lupin came out in January 2021. I loved it. Part two came out in June of 2021, which was fantastic. Oh wow! But That was June of 2021. It's October 2023. I can barely remember anything that happened other than broad strokes. So now here we are in part three and our main character has gone into hiding and he has to stay away from his wife and his son. And I can't remember why (laughs) there. I don't think there was a recap. So he does, however, hatch a plan for a big job that could set th- the three of them up for life. So I watched the first episode. It's a lot of fun. And the first two parts were five episodes each. Part three is seven episodes. Highly recommended. it. I mean, I, I like shows about you know f- heists right. and stuff like that. And uh, it's pretty cool. So And, and the, the, it's well shot. And all the buildings are lovely because France, et cetera. So there you go. Uh, as far as TV premieres this week, should point out that season 3 of Chucky started on Showcase on October 4th. That's a show that I've watched a few episodes and really enjoyed them and they get great reviews and I always meant to go back and get caught up so I may I'd like to do that but that's a, let's be honest the likelihood of that happening probably not going to uh and a heads up that next week on October 12th of course we have Frasier making its debut on yep. Paramount Plus. And on Netflix on the 12th, The Fall of the House of Usher from the same team that brought us The Haunting of Hill House a few years ago and then the follow-up series The Haunting of Bly Manor. Hill House was cool, and I thought scary. Bly Manor, kind of boring and not scary at all. The early reviews for The Fall of the House of Usher are excellent, so I will have a review for that.
1: This has nothing to do with the singer Usher? No. Okay. I, or I saw that in, the, like, a list somewhere, and I was like, oh, it's a documentary about Usher or whatever.
0: It's, <laughs> it's, about, it's an Edgar Allan Poe thing. Good to know. Thing. Um, So, yeah, I'll have a review for that for you next week because I've got uh, some sneak peek access. I believe it's in there. I hope it is because uh, I want to see it. And in the last couple of minutes, I want to tell you that this past week with Saw X – in theaters last weekend, which by the way, last weekend at the box office was pretty interesting. We had Paw Patrol, $22.7 million, Saw X, $18.3 million, So that's the Saw Patrol component. And then the creator had $14 million. So three new movies leading the way at the box office. But I decided to go back and watch a movie I haven't seen in a long time. And that is Saw.
1: The Jigsaw Killer a wire. Technically speaking, he's not really a murderer. He never killed anyone. Dr. Ford, your aim in this game is to kill Adam. If you do not, then Diana
0: will die. He finds ways for his victims to kill themselves. So, so the original Saw, I think, is probably my favorite of the series just because of the simplicity and it sets up the world. It's clumsy with a lot of its storytelling but it doesn't try to be too elaborate in that and i decided so i watched that on netflix and then i decided well i see saw 2 is here and i it was september 30th when i watched it and it had uh like this movie is leaving september 30th (laughs) so i thought i better watch it now you think it's over you are choice. I gotta be honest, I don't know if that clip is even from Saw 2. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. No. But uh, whereas Saw, I, I thought I enjoyed this more than I thought it would, because I remember thinking Saw 2 was just okay, because at the time when it came out, they had to go bigger, because sequel. They added a whole bunch of extra characters, so it wasn't just two guys who had been kidnapped. It was a, a whole bunch of people who had to not just escape a room, but had to escape a house and uh i just did i really enjoyed it a lot more and it makes me kind of want to go back and watch the other ones but they're the the availability of these films is scattered some of them are on netflix some of them are on other streamers some of them don't live anywhere like if i want to watch saw 3 i would have to rent it which fine whatever five dollars who cares it's not the end of the world but that's the one that made me cringe the most so do i really
1: want to go through that it's all again. part of jigsaw's plan brett yeah. to make you search high and low for all his movies
0: <laughs> you gotta put if
1: you want to put the puzzle together <laughs> you must
0: have every streamer on planet earth so i i, I don't believe i'm going to complete the, any sort of a, i must re-watch all of the saw movies but uh, i was curious about a couple of them so i'm glad that i did that in the meantime that's all the time we've got i'm brett he's jeff We are the couch potatoes. Remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother.